now dig on this. <laughs> Welcome to Now Dig On This. I'm your horror meister, Mark. And I'm Britton. And uh, today we're starting our two months of Halloween. That's right, you're actually going to get two months of Halloween for this podcast. We figured since Christmas gets to spread its tendrils into the other adjoining months, we, we might as well uh, do the same for Halloween. And who knows, maybe next year we're going to do uh, Halloween in... Uh, November, too, because yeah, right now we're we'll just see. doing September and October. Yeah. Or maybe a whole year of Halloween. Uh, that's ambitious. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah, come on. So anyway, uh, we're kicking this off, this horror season off, with what's supposed to be one of the scariest movies uh, to come out of Japan, uh, at least according to film critics and everything, uh, yeah. called Ring. Um, now, there was an Americanized version of it called The Ring, starring, I think, Naomi Watts or something. I believe it was. Yeah, we didn't watch that version. I've never seen that version. This is I the only... will watch that next. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to compare and contrast. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so this is my first exposure. I mean, of course, I, I know about a lot of the, you know, some of the stuff, the, the girl coming out of the well and all that. But um, anyway, let's just get started. Uh, why don't you give us a very, very brief overview uh. about <clears throat> the the movie Ring. So the the film uh, opens up with, you know, kind of two gossipy high school girls kind of chatting about boys and, and the whatnot, and it gets into the uh, into this uh, local legend about uh, if you watch this one video, you die in a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, something happens and uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much uh, one of the girls dies because uh, spoiler, spoiler, it's in the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what's her name? Our main character, oh, it, Riko, I think it was. Yeah, uh, she is a reporter, kind of trying to get get this this the scoop on uh, you know, what's happening with this this phenomena. Uh, so she starts digging around and uh, you know finds this uh, finds that the this one girl uh, went with her friends to this cabin and uh, finds this blank tape when she's about to check out and watches it and mm-hmm. it's a bunch of weird imagery uh, and then it, you know it stops uh, at a you know the last image being a well and snow yeah and then uh, they get a phone call. And basically, as the legends go, or the legend goes, you get the phone call, you die seven days later at the exact time. Yeah. So now she's has one week to kind of figure out what happened and how to kind of break this curse because, you know, people are dying left and right with this kind of thing. So yeah. uh, she enlists the help of her ex-husband, um, and he ends up watching the... Uh, Who we never really figured out what he does. No, he said that he had like deadlines and stuff. So maybe but, he's, like, he's writing equations on a chalkboard, and yeah, that's but true. you know he's also in a video editing lab. Like I, the guy's a jack of all trades. I think at one point he said that uh, someone came in and said it was a student. So maybe he's a professor. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, but, but um, professor of what we don't know. Yeah, professor of mathematics and videography. Uh, so they, um, they kind of try to solve this together. She shows him a copy of the tape and then, uh, her little, I guess, nephew, no, their son, actually, yeah, I'm sorry, son, their, son, their son, they, uh, he ends up watching a copy of the tape. And so she's like, all right, we got to figure out like how to stop this curse to make sure that I don't die. You don't die. And our little kid doesn't die yeah. either. And, uh, so they, they, they find like 
through a, a lot of digging and uh, almost like uh, you know just you know just below pins on with strings on pictures on a wall yeah uh, you know level of conspiracy they uh, you know find the the birthplace or the the origin of uh, of this woman of this at least of this like video and everything yeah and um, really that's it I guess we can get into some more of the nitty gritty as we go along but. Um, that's yeah, really the, all you need to know. Yeah, re, uh, not real. Not a lot happened in this movie. Uh, like uh, I remember uh, back when the when this came out, and I think like the American version came out in like two thousand two, uh, and, and then seeing this one and thinking uh, the Japanese version was better. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, I don't know how bad the the American version is. Well, because this one had this one kind of had a lot of filler. I, I, here's a weird thing, um, even though I will agree there, you know, it was very, uh, deficient on scares. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of what we want to see out of a scary movie. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I didn't enjoy myself. I actually kind of really, uh, like this movie. Um, I think what it was is, again, I've never seen the, uh, the, the American version. Um, I guess, well, I'll probably see at some point in my life, maybe yeah. during the podcast. Uh, probably not. Um, but, uh. What I can say is that um, I don't know how accurate or how similar the videos are uh, uh-huh. to each other. I'm probably going to actually check it out. Between the American and the Japanese? Yeah, I'm probably going to you know, put on like a YouTube video to see what their version is. I'm sure it's going to be very similar. It's similar. I, I think the American version is a lot... It's longer and maybe a little bit more surreal. Okay. Because that is one thing I did actually like about the video that they're watching is it had this weird surreal atmosphere to it yeah. that you could almost kind of grasp what the heck was going on, but at the same time you're like, I I think I know, but I don't I'm not sure if I know. Like it it's a, seemed like a more of a, a mystery than an actual yeah. thrill, you know. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. Actually, I kind of really enjoyed the I guess investigative. Uh, atmosphere. It, it's like uh, we. It's funny because we had watched uh, the night before the American version of The Grudge. Yes, and it, this is kind of what you had wanted from The Grudge because mm-hmm. uh, in The Grudge uh, there was this detective uh, that, or in the American Grudge, there was this detective who was kind of on top of the case, uh, going through again, going through his notes, trying to investigate. Like, and you know, there's some spoilers where. Uh, he kind of knows what's going on, and he knows the history of what's going on. Uh, yeah, I'll be vague about that, but it, you kind of wanted more to to follow the footsteps of this uh, yeah. detective through uh, unraveling this mystery. Like, uh, when I was watching The Grudge yesterday, I really didn't care about Sarah Michelle Gellar's story too much. And, um, and neither did I, and I, I fully I fully agree with you. So when this, uh, this I was watching this today... And yeah, it's definitely definitely more focused on the investigation. I actually enjoyed it. I liked the um, I liked uh, I, I guess the chemistry between the uh, our two main actors. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, like he was definitely more uh, kept to himself and definitely yeah. uh, more uh, introverted. I guess you would say, or at least trying to keep her at a distance. And she, you know, she was definitely I guess more expressive. Um, yeah. But they did kind of work off well each uh, work well off of each other and. Yeah, even though, again, like, I, I, it's sad to say that it wasn't a very scary movie. I did enjoy uh, the the urgency and, uh, you know, there's this looming threat that hangs over them. 
the I, I think the scares in this movie is is less of a a jump scare and more of a uh, a looming terror. Yeah, like, okay, I get like a, that. a a sense of foreboding. It's more in atmosphere uh, than in actual uh, like boo uh, yeah. pop out you scares. And it almost felt like there was, uh, especially when we get towards the end, towards the end of the movie, uh, the big main climax takes place uh, when they find the well, and they're just yeah. dredging it. Uh, they're just pulling this water out and, like, draining the well so they can, I guess, find the, the creepy little girl's body. Yeah. Um, so there was actually a feeling of despair that I think was hanging over a lot of the movie, but particularly at the end when she just, you know, she she can't lift anything and where she's kind of almost given up. Yeah. You know, it's like all her strength has left her and she's pretty much like, the, like this is it, it's over, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that's a kind of a neat, uh, a neat thing to have in a, in a horror movie, you know. You don't really see a lot of maybe despair over the situation. Yeah, usually in, in all of your horror movies, it's, you know, fight till the very end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, it kind of captured uh, the exhaustion uh, of... of uh, of doing everything you can and not, that not being enough. But, uh, so yeah, it was actually, um, again, even though I can't say this was a, uh, a, a classically scary movie, I do no. agree with you that, uh, you know, it, it definitely had a nice atmosphere to it of horror Yeah, it, it's and less, dread. it's less horror and more terror. Mm -hmm. It kind of like how, uh, I, I hate bringing this up again, but uh, more more uh, like uh, Hereditary. Who uh, was... I think I'm bringing up Son-in-Law. No, no, that's... <laughs> that's all terror. Yeah. Like, uh, Hereditary was not very scary, uh, but it was very uh, disturbing mm. and, and had a lot of, you know, terror, you know, more terrifying moments than actual horrific scares. Yeah, it was more drenched in dread, you know, yeah, and everything like that, which I can get behind. Um... Mm -hmm. And I, I actually prefer dread, like uh, you know the dread, you know that feeling in the pit of your stomach when it turns, like, uh, like uh, like the, like for example, the twist at the end of whatever happened to Monday. Yeah, yeah, I can get for behind those of you, you who have seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. You showed it to me, <laughs> and yeah, I can kind of get what you, uh, where you're coming from with that. And I do agree. I do like uh, you know there are good there are times when I do like something that. Uh, that kind of grabs you and almost shakes you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's go back, I guess, to the uh, to the to the ring, uh, because I was actually doing some some you know I'm gonna say research with air quotes. Uh, <laughs> it's IMDb research, so you know you can take yeah, that's it with, all you need. You can take it with a grain of salt. But uh, one of the pieces of trivia for this movie was um, that the story of the lady who predicted the you know the volcano and then was. Yeah, know, jumped into the volcano. It was actually based off of a true story. Oh, really? In a, in a way. <clears throat> now, there was a supposed clairvoyant, and there were, you know, I guess like things that she was uh, documented as to having like done or predicted. Huh. You know, again with, uh, you know, with, with quotation marks. Yeah. And there was a public display, like in the movie that they showed, where you know she was writing down. Uh, similar things off of you know one card versus another and being able uh -huh. to tell what it was. All right, but um, in the uh, in the actual history, there was a lot of uh, <laughs> questions around it, so that a lot of people think that she was just you know that that it was staged or some parts of it were staged. A psychic not being actually exactly. Psychic. So, um, but you know, in real life, she actually you know that that's what happened. Like you know the uh, 
public kind of turned on her, and you know she went bye bye, and that was the uh, and that was and that was the end of that. Um, but I did think it was kind of like there wasn't wells or anything like that in there. But I did think it was kind of neat. I was like, you know what, this is uh, this is cool that at least that they you know they took something that was actually part of you know like history. I guess to us it would be uh, similar to like Harry Houdini kind of you know revealing you know uh, uh, what like snowball artists and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it'd be pretty cool to have a, you know, I don't know if this exists or not, but I think What's it'd be that? pretty cool to have a Harry Houdini horror movie. Maybe hmm. he's, you know, maybe he's not like, you know, the main star or character. Actually, no, scratch that. He is the main character. He's going around, he's disproving psychics and all that other stuff. And uh, in our movie, we're going to deviate from the real history a little bit because otherwise yeah. it would be boring. And he, he encounters a real one? Yeah, he encounters <laughs> something that at least he can't explain uh, in his own way. And, and, and I'm, go I'm going to uh, I'm going to amend this okay. since we're, we're already off the beaten path of history. Yes. Uh, Houdini is the sidekick to Edison. Okay. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think there was a... A show not too long ago that was kind of like Houdini and Edison or Houdini oh, was it and really? Tesla, something like that. Huh. So you're you're already you stumbled onto something that uh, apparently was like an idea that worked, or at least that got made. Like it's it's like uh, I don't know what the the recent fa I guess it's kind of that steampunk genre. A little bit, yeah. I can and because uh, uh, you know the early like uh, at the end of the uh, industrial revolution, like early electricity uh, with you know Tesla and mm -hmm. and Edison and I, I get it. It's uh, it, it's an era that's just fit for uh, making your own fiction. So yeah, let's make our own. Like, we can make our own fiction. We can put Houdini in anything. Now, I guess if we're gonna be playing around with the uh, you know with the history, I mean yeah. at a certain point you have to because it would be a boring movie or show if every time he encounters something supernatural it just turns out to be you know easily disproven. But uh, I think it would be interesting if he found something that A, you know, he couldn't disprove and was actually, you know, supernatural. And B, um, maybe, uh, like, maybe we can make it so that uh, he, <laughs> all like, he doesn't, es like, he escapes. Yeah. Like, the ghost doesn't know that this is Houdini, so it locks him in a box or something and throws <laughs> him in a river. Yeah, he's like, you know. Ah, it'd be hilarious that the ghost didn't know who Houdini. You know, it's a ghost of another magician from like I don't know, like the 16 or 1700s. Uh, like, uh, like uh, some. <coughs> Excuse me. The heck is wrong with you? What's that? You watched the ri you watched the ring. <coughs> they didn't wait seven days to get you. Uh, no, some uh, monster went down the wrong pipe. Uh, but go ahead. <coughs> uh, like some uh, vaudeville era. Uh, yeah. Like, some vaudeville era uh, magician that went wrong and is haunting everyone. Like you know something like uh, you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one better. It's not a vaudeville era uh, magician that's a ghost. It's the ghost All of right. H. H. Holmes. Oh Jesus! And he's got you know he he's got this uh, like this this you know twisted maze of like locks and keys. You know, and of course Houdini is the one guy yeah. who would be able to escape that thing. Yeah. Yep. And. uh... Who, what does he reveal? Like, is it, like, H, like, because like H. H. Holmes had all of these traps and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think that was uh, earlier. Yeah, I than think Houdini. So, too. 
So I, I guess like it's either maybe maybe it's eight, he comes across H.H. Holmes' go stash of gold. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> let's see. What what does he find? Because H. You know, he finds something. H.H. Holmes haunts him and everything like that. He goes into the H.H. Holmes, I guess, murder factory. Oh, it was a hotel. Hotel murder hotel. Um. And uh, like H.H. Holmes is is trying to get him to stop finding what he's getting close to finding. And, uh, it, like, the ghost of H.H. Holmes is, like, you know, haunting yeah. the halls, and I think, actually, I don't want it to be, um, I don't want it to be something simple like gold or diamonds or jewelry. I want it to be a secret that is gonna bring the foundation of science, like, to its knees. Almost like a Dan Brown-esque secret. Oh, uh, uh, okay, I thought, I th like, I thought you, it was just a secret, like, uh, like, H.H. Holmes' is, uh, closet full of dresses. No, no, no. I, I was actually gonna go along the lines of, uh, like, he finds a, you know, not an alien, um, but maybe he finds a living group of dinosaurs. <laughs> or, like, uh, he, he finds, uh, you know, proof of an ancient civilization, like, ancient as in millions of years old. Kind of like the first people from Fringe? Yeah. Like, he finds a, you know, he finds a book written in a language that is, like, 4.2 billion years old. Yeah. And, you know, this is something, uh, hmm, I think we can up the stakes even more. I think we find the, uh, he finds- Piece fi of the true cross. <laughs> no, too much? No, no. I was gonna say he finds, uh, like, the mitochondrial Eve, like, the very first, um, uh, like, you know, like, basis of all life kind of thing that all of us kind of share from one place to another. And if it's ever destroyed, <clears throat> all of life crumbles away. I, I want to say that uh, he comes across H.H. Uh, Holmes's laboratory, uh, where, uh, through some, uh, some advanced machinations, like, he, you turn on this thing and it's a portal, but it's a portal to heaven. And hmm. you do not need, uh, you don't need to be granted access. You don't have to go there, uh, by God. You could just go to heaven, which is a big breach, uh, you know, through religion. So it's almost, uh, it almost has, like, elements of dogma to it, where yeah. you pass through the gate, only this is, like, a direct path and, to heaven. And it, it, it drove H.H. Holmes insane. Like, uh, which is why he, like, if, if you don't have to be a good person in order to reach the kingdom of heaven, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And, you know, th that power drove him mad. And, uh, now here's the question. Mm -hmm. Um, so, first of all, if Houdini sees this, this is, uh, you know, this, this is something that's gonna blow his mind completely. Yeah. Although, like, I imagine after all the traps and everything that he gets through, it's almost like the Goonies at this point, only yeah. heaven's on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I imagine if he, once he gets in there now... Okay, I got one better. Mm hmm So, you know, he activates the portal and, uh, something goes wrong, and, uh, maybe he goes to the other place. He go, he, now he's locked in that, uh, that, that boiling cauldron and everything. Uh, I, I was going to... Say like he he opens the portal and just sees a shimmering golden kingdom off in the in the you know in the distance, and then there's just an ominous bellow of a horn as these you know just thousands of avian creatures take to the sky and head towards the portal. Hmm. I was gonna say he has to escape hell, but I think your way is more interesting because I, I imagine uh, 
See, here's the thing. Maybe H.H. Holmes peeked into the other side, but never went into the other side. Yeah. But when Houdini goes through the other side, um, that's when the horn bellows and all... It doesn't just... They don't just swoop at the portal. Like, he runs out and then millions and millions of them come through before he can close it. And like, he kind of brings about the uh, the end of the days. End, the end times. Now... <clears throat> Here's the, the I, I don't want I don't want to end I don't want the end times because we can't really sequel bait post end times. Well, here's the thing. Here's my next point. How does he solve the, How does he fix this situation? Well, I, I imagine he my, my thoughts is where my thoughts where he just destroys the portal. Like mm -hmm. he, he just destroys the entire machine. Okay, so he actually does the the right thing. Yeah. And uh, just closes the portal. Yeah, he just sees it as a just a perversion. Well, I guess it kind of is science yeah. to get into science and religion as like this, like you know, unholy alliance. Yeah, using science to bypass religion. See, yeah, yeah. I wanna, I wanna go a different route. I wanna say that <laughs> he raises the terracotta soldiers. Uh, <laughs> oh my! God. <laughs> to fight against, you know, and so they kind of just uh, they have a stalemate. I like he he uses a. Uh... Like, he uses the end times of a different- like, he- he, uh, he brings about Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> in order to, to- to fight the revelations. So- so there's just two competing end-of-the-world situations going on. Yeah, and people are dying by the billions. And then, um, and then, I don't know, maybe, uh, cause, again, we need a sequel bait here, um, so, like, you know, we- we have- we have to push some kind of reset button at the end of it, like- Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I think like H.G. Wells comes in on his time machine. Yeah, or um, actually, maybe that maybe we'll make a trilogy out of it. It's always trilogies with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, we kind of go almost a like God of War route where it's like the only way that we can end this chaos and pretty much return things back to the way they were is by finding Pandora's box, <laughs> or is the portal Pandora's box? Oh, that, that's an interesting take. Uh. I would imagine it couldn't be, since it's, uh, the portal goes to Christian heaven. I guess. Um, so yeah, so... I get it, uh... I, I, huh. So how do they solve it? I guess they would have to... They would have to find the Ark. <laughs> hmm. And, okay, uh... So that's and I imagine it's like a ghost trap. I met <laughs> Like the like old Ghostbusters? They, yeah, like they open the Ark and all the, all the angels and, and, uh... Yeah, everything just gets sucked into it and then, uh, closes up. Don't look at the trap, Ray. I looked at the trap, Ray. And, and his then face he gets, starts yes, melting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be interesting. Um, yeah, that would actually, I guess, be the best way to do it, where it, although, you know, it, it traps, like, just basically, you know, Heaven's got more warriors, there's more terracotta yeah. soldiers, there's more Ragnarok things, you know. Well, I imagine- These are just a very small fraction of all that I stuff going on. Imagine the terracotta soldiers just turn back into statues, uh, the- the angels who are sucked into the, uh, the Ark, it's just a- it's just a one-way trip back to Heaven. Yeah, everything's fine, like, it's just a way to kinda, <laughs> yeah. you know, to put things right. Reset the field. And, uh... Alright, so that's that. I guess that'd be the end of our, our second movie where, you know, he finds this because the second movie is now a treasure hunt. I uh, guess yeah. technically the first one was. <laughs> like, too. Well, first it was trying to solve a murder, and <laughs> it, it turned out that H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, you know, went crazy from, uh, from the Heaven from, Portal. From the Heaven Portal. And, uh,. So the second, like, the first one is, like, Goonies, only with a heaven portal. The second yeah. one is, like, Goonies, only they find the Ark of the Covenant. Is it Goonies with, uh, with a little bit of, uh, uh, Raiders? Yeah. 
So, the third one, since, you know, everything's solved now, I, th I want the third one to be completely different. I want it to be uh, Goonies only in Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> I, I was thinking, uh, in the third one, we have an anti-Houdini. Hmm. <clears throat> and who would be the anti-Houdini uh, in that era? Let's see, I guess it would have to be... Because Houdini was very much, uh, first of all, he's like a magician, escape artist. Yeah. But he was also um, somebody who, like, 100% didn't believe in the paranormal. He's a skeptic, I guess, until he finds a heaven portal. Um, so it would be, it would have to be someone like Alistair Crawley. Yeah, yeah, or someone who's, uh, you know, like, you know what? Maybe we'll, um, I got it, Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's always Beetlejuice. <laughs> you know. I uh, I don't think he would be, but I think uh, I think we can rearrange the mythos uh, so that he is. Uh, I want to say uh, Oscar Wilde. Yes. Okay. I can I can live with that. Like, like yeah, Oscar Wilde. I don't think has anything. Like, Oscar Wilde is nothing like Houdini. Yeah, he's, like, it's uh, that's the point. <laughs> but like, uh, like we we will make some some lore that uh, like he was a part of a secret cult. Like it's almost a Lovecraftian cult where he's praying to the, the old ancient ones, and, the ancient great ones rather. And he almost has. I imagine Oscar Wilde has a power that's almost uh, Dorian Gray-ish. Yeah. Where if he writes about you and puts you into a book, like you can never read that book that was written about you, or you'll become old and you know wither and everything. All your, all everything that he writes in that book is basically like you know traps. Whoever's in it in that uh, book. I'm going to I'm going to amend that. Okay. <clears throat> that uh, if uh, if you read the book written about yourself, then what is written about you will come to pass, and you lose all free will. Hmm. That's interesting. That's actually kind of eerie, uh, because I imagine you know there's a lot of like there's a lot of struggles from you know Houdini's not the first, of course. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, so there's like he he knows the reputation that uh, that Oscar Wilde has. Yeah, his powers. Yeah, the powers of of, of like you know of the people who've read read the Oscar Wilde book, and uh, like okay. everyone who reads it becomes like an empty shell kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's also like an avid political article. Like he's written a lot of yellow news, and <laughs> uh, like and a lot of uh, muckraking news, and you know. So he he's put these uh, politicians through scandals that would have not otherwise never happened. So uh, through one way or another, I, I forget what the the MacGuffin is going to be at the end of this um, at the end of this thing. But uh, through one reason or another, Oscar Wilde decides to turn all his attention, all of his energy, onto Houdini. He's like, I'm going to write so much about this guy that he can't help but read about and, it. And it's this thick tome. Uh, about Houdini. It's called The Death of Houdini. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, the manuscript is mailed to him. Uh, leather bound. It's a very, it's a very ornate looking book called The Death of Houdini by Oscar Wilde. And it, it's just torture. Like, he gives it to his butler, uh, God. You don't want to read this, uh. And, uh, <clears throat> like, he, he tells the butler to read it and, Oh, it's terrible, sir. You don't want to know. Like, uh, I, I can't even tell you what's in it, but just know it is worse than your wildest imagination. It like, I if I tell you it, even th by third person, it will still occur. And uh, 
because he wrote about that in the foreword. <laughs> he was very efficient, that Mr. Wilde. Now, I also imagine that, yeah, this book is mailed to him, but that's not the only thing. Like, he's writing about him in papers, he's writing about mm -hmm. him, you know, newspapers, print, like, everywhere he goes, he's writing, you know, there's, like, snippets of it, and, like, basically, if he reads one thing, it's like, ah, it, it kind of, like, things are written in newspaper that, and then Houdini read my book, you know, yeah. so that if he reads about that, he's gonna end up reading about the book. And, like, Houdini's turning away, you know, telegraphs. Yep. Like, you know, and, uh, like especially and uh, like I imagine he even gets a singing telegraph that uh that like he, he shoots yeah <laughs> now how does he uh how, like how's he like how does he solve this other than I guess plucking out his own eyes like I imagine he goes to like a sensory depri deprivation tank hmm and I don't know where to go from there other than to keep him there until he dies <laughs> um let's see know what uh Maybe he. Hmm, uh, that's he. A, that's that's <clears throat> it's such a weird. Yeah. Weird he, chat. Like, don't read this book. Okay, but I want to. You know. Yeah. It, he somehow gets Oscar Wilde to, to write about himself. Ah, I see. So he kind of. So, he's got to trick Oscar Wilde into writing a book about himself. Yeah, and it, it's tough. Like, how how do you how do you convince an author that has the power to. Uh, the power to control reality through, uh, through writing to write a negative piece about himself. I think I have an idea. So, Howard, or uh, Howard, yeah, Harry Houdini mm -hmm. invents autocorrect. <laughs> and, you know, he's <clears throat> like, yeah, go ahead, but you couldn't write a story about, uh, Oscar Wilf. <laughs> And so he starts, you know, he starts typing on the new word processor and it automatically autocorrects it into Oscar Wilde and it's trapped him. Hmm. Yes. I went to autocorrect. He unle- Harry Houdini unleashed an evil onto this world, you know, but it was to prevent Oscar Wilde from uh, doing any more damage. I, I imagine- <clears throat> I, I, I think- uh, I think I got it. Okay. So- uh, I imagine in this Oscar Wilde is a very vain man. Okay. And, uh, you know, he, a manuscript is, uh, is sent to him by a, a fan or, or, like, uh, maybe, uh, oh, Her Majesty wrote a, <laughs> a wrote a, yeah, <laughs> wrote a, wrote a, a manuscript about, uh, yours truly, sir. Uh, please, she does request edits. Mm, okay. And, uh, he goes through and edits, like, uh, edits punctuation, but, uh, uh, but, uh, like, doesn't, is more, with, adds more notes than anything. Okay. But the, the addition of, like, punctuation and stuff like that is enough to, you know, is enough to, to get it, uh, for him to, to have been written. Okay, so I... Yeah. Let's blend both of our ideas together. Where at one point she, you know, she's like Oscar Theodore Wilde. He's like, oh, the Queen didn't actually well, write. I know, it. I know. <laughs> but uh, you know, Oscar Theodore Wilde is like, ah, my name. No, no, it's Oscar. You know, Loomis. I don't know what his middle name is. Oscar yeah. Lucas Wilde. And yeah. by doing that, he accidentally wrote himself technically into the book. That was yeah. about him. Well, and uh, and Houdini well, wrote it, of course. Yeah. Well, Oscar. Uh, that it, the end of the book is signed 
oh. by, by him. So he reads the whole thing. Oscar Lucas Wilde. Nope, nope, nope. Oscar Thinius Wilde. Yeah. And uh, and thus, uh, the, his, his, fate. his fate is sealed. And it's almost like Death Note. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And, uh, like, now do they... You know, is there a point where Oscar Wilde and Houdini come together and it's like, so there's a book about you now and now there's a book about me. Should we call a truce kind of thing and destroy each other's books? Huh, that's tough because, uh, you know, Houdini, uh, or uh, rather Oscar Wilde signed his fate, so now he's just a, a shill. No, that's uh, true. It's like, please, sir. Please. Uh, unless the, the manuscript is, uh, I don't, I don't know. No, his like, fate is sealed. His fate is sealed. He's uh, just going about his days. I, I, wonder, I imagine he wrote embarrassing stuff about him, too. Like, uh, Oscar Wilde goes down the... Uh, goes to the apple orchard with his pants down. Like, I do not. Oh, no. I'm compelled. Like, I, uh, I also imagine that, you know, he's a tip of the hat to you, sir. You've, you've bested me. And Houdini moves on and, uh... Like after a few years, he feels that you know the, the epilogue of the story is like I've 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 conquered it. I've conquered all of this. It's like a little peek won't hurt into this book. Yeah, like, I imagine uh, something like it, 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 something he gets killed, like uh, Oscar Wilde, mm -hmm. and you know with Oscar Wilde dead, he thinks he can he take a peek. He's safe, yeah. yeah. And it's like <clears throat> appendicitis, <laughs> <laughs> uh, punch to the stomach, huh? What are the odds? Anyway, <laughs> I got and, that big show tonight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that 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 would uh that would that would be it for the uh, Houdini trilogy. Yeah, I gotta say that you know the, even though even though it's a you know we're making it into like this, I can't even say it's a fun story because it yeah. really does deal with a lot of concepts which are borderline uh, uncomfortable. You know, yeah, like like a double. Or a triple uh, end of the world kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Pandora's box and the the loss of free will. It's like this may be one of the most uncomfortable, you know, things that we've ever uh, thought about, which is perfect. Yeah. For a Halloween broadcast. <laughs> like and uh, I I imagine there's like a MCU thing where like after after I guess Houdini's being carted away. Uh, you know, clutching his appendix. After they wheel the stiff out of yeah. there, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, you know, uh... Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury comes uh, to into the audience and talks to Tesla. And, hmm. uh, and here's the thing, like, I, I, I always liked Tesla, and now Tesla kind of became a thing. Like, yeah. he's in everything. Yeah, like, Tesla has... Remember back in like the late or the I'm sorry the early or mid 2000s where yeah. like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson were in the same movies again again like the same comedies yeah like that's what Tesla has become yeah he's just everywhere now and it's like man I, I used to like these guys but uh, kind of getting overplayed Tesla and, and I, I think I, I think part of it is people have been kind of doing Tesla wrong like, like ancient aliens. Oh yeah, ancient aliens. I think the only thing I I liked uh, uh, characterization of Tesla in is uh, was it the Prestige? Oh yeah, where he was David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you cool. can't do wrong with a David Bowie Tesla. Yeah, actually, 
The funny thing is, when I saw the Prestige, I didn't really know too much about Tesla. I just knew the name. Yeah. So I was kind of, that was like, really my introduction to, to Nikolai Tesla was the Prestige. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what an introduction. Like, this man will <laughs> always be David Bowie to me. Yeah. And it uh, turns out he was a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, but he was a hell of a singer. <laughs> oh, I, I get it. Yeah. Tesla. So, uh, now I kind of want to go back to what I was uh, saying before about yeah. how this is definitely one of our uh, like, most uncomfortable uh, discussion topics, like, topics of discussion. Uh, for our podcast, um, which actually, is, like I said before, it does kind of work with the Halloween yeah. uh, setting. I do kind of like that. So um, let's take this opportunity mm -hmm. and talk about spooky things because it's Halloween. Because I honestly want to say that the idea of having your free will stripped from you yeah. is kind of more, uh, I guess, existentially terrifying than like, a, a skeleton falling down or popping up or something yeah, like that. You know what I mean? Because I do imagine even though their free will is stripped from them, they're still conscious of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, having your free will consciously stripped from you and not being able to control your destiny anymore yeah. is way more terrifying than the wolf man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. Just, uh, the thought of just... You're going through... You're, you're just pretty much a marionette. Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's, um... Like, because I... We're not gonna... I'm not gonna get too uh, deep into phil philosophical... Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah for all this. You know, I don't want to get... I don't want to get... Too topical. Yeah, I don't want to get too, uh, like, crazy uh, with this. But, yeah. um... I do think it's kind of fun to think about uh, things of that nature. It's like things that, on its surface, isn't scary. Because we, we label scary as things like, you know, ghosts... Or snakes, yeah. you know, or uh, mummies, you know, I, or eggs. But, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, what is things that actually are kind of more scary than than that? Like, like there there are circumstances that are that are far scarier. Uh, like, <clears throat> and that's what I was kind of getting uh, getting to with a uh, well, not just that, just existential dread and. In, in general, yeah, and in that pit of the stomach, I remember uh, seeing. A, I was going to show this YouTube video. Actually, I might skip it, skip this story and still show it to you. But okay. uh, don't like, forget, I probably will. But I uh, like so. Like I, I always like the the rug being pulled out from under me and like holy shit. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Like, uh, like I like soil and green as people. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Or. Um... Or that, you know, Kaiser Soze was, I don't know, I've never seen the movie, yeah, The Usual Suspect. Or uh, that Doofy was a killer in Scary Movie. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. That's only 20 years old. Yeah, you, you had your you had your chance. Yeah, you had 20 years to watch it. You Come weren't going to watch it. It's not even that good. Look, I knew Soil and Green was people before I watched it, so you can get over it too. Yeah. So, okay, so maybe we shouldn't do a bunch of, like, really, really big movie spoilers anymore. Like, uh, like it was Earth all green. along. Yeah, the ship sinks. <laughs> they blow up the shark. <laughs> uh, but um, but it is kind of uh, you know it is kind of interesting. Uh, like you said, like I have to try to remember, uh, ask you to remember yeah. that uh, when we leave here. But it is kind of interesting to think of things that like on their surface don't seem like they'd be terrifying, but they they really are. Like um, 
you know, I could go for something easy or, you know, funny, like, uh, your, your number is one digit, your phone number is one digit away from a 24-hour taxi service. You know, that's terrifying. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's... That was a Johnny I, Carson thing, actually. That was a fun. Ah. That was something he had. But go ahead. Uh, but I, I always like to think of uh, one, one uh, s thread of stories I often do is uh, like I often think of like different, uh, di you know, different story scenarios that take on uh, almost a biblical level of of uh, awe. Okay, and, and that that is that is kind of the 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 thing I always find interesting is that uh, that line between awe and terror. I have a well, I have a couple things uh, to talk about, which actually kind of does scare me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I guess I'll start with uh, probably the the easiest one, and it's weird that I'm actually going to be going back to an old uh, Twilight Zone All for right. this, and it's like the old run, like the '60s. Yeah, because even though. On the surface, a lot of their stories were just kind of, you know, silly in a way. Like, you know, they yeah. really dealt more with the human condition than anything specifically like, you know, oh, a three-eyed alien? That's scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, there was an episode where um, I'm going to do a very, very, very brief uh, rundown of it. So there was this episode where... Is that Burgess Meredith? That's a spoiler. Spoiler! I'm not going to tell you if it was Burgess Meredith or not. All right. Uh, it wasn't. But, uh, that's another spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> but it was this young woman, it was back in, I guess, like the, um, like, baby, like the early, the turn of the century kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, she has a choice of two lovers. Uh, one, uh, who's like a, you know, financially stable man, gentleman, uh -huh. who, uh, their parents want her to marry so she'll have financial stability. Or, like, the person that she, you know, is actually really in love with. Okay. Everything like that, but he's like get a little bit more. Um, he's definitely less stable, but they're more. You know, it's more emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And she's out for a walk, and she sees like this twisted old hag on a horse running up. You know, like on a cliff near her, and shouting at her. And she gets scared and runs away. Yeah. And she goes home, and uh, she talks with her father and her parents, and she decides to run away with the 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 man that she's actually in love with. So they elope. Yes, they elope, and. We cut forward to like 40 years where her life is absolutely miserable. Uh -huh. And, you know, she's like, you know, she wishes every day that she could have made the, the, the choice to marry the more financially stable man yeah. because their passion wore off very quickly, but now she was kind of stuck with him for the rest of her life. Yeah. So she's out and about, and she comes to this cliffside, and she sees herself down there, and she, you know, shouts at herself, like, just try to warn her not to make the wrong decision. But now, you know, she's the old hag, and she's yeah. just always going to be constantly making that loop, that wrong yep. decision oh. every single time. And that creeps me out for some reason. Again, it's not outwardly scary, but it is definitely a, oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, for all eternity, she is in this state of misery. It's like, it's almost like you're trapped, you know, yep. and you, you hope that one time there's going to be a way to break the curse, but you know that there can't be, mm -hmm. you know, so it's almost like you're, uh, like, you know, you're a prisoner of, a, of in a way, a prisoner of your own life, almost. Yep. Like, you, you would think that, uh, yeah, you would think that a screaming old lady would, uh, stick in your mind for a little bit, and, <laughs> like, oh, wait, am I the, uh, s s the creepy old lady, and then maybe s step off the cliff, and, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, and, uh, change things a little yeah, bit. Yeah, wrap the, you know, change things up. Like maybe put on a clown mask. Like, oh, you don't want to marry him. Like, wait a minute. I remember, like, I, I was the one who shouted down at her. Although I think it was more of a, hey, hey, it's me. Hey, you know. Of course, yeah, again, you would hope that one time, at least one time, something would change where you'd go. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe changes. just, maybe just don't, you know, maybe just uh, don't do anything. Like, yeah. maybe don't shout at the woman. Like, let's see what happens if I'm just kind of, if I play it cool this time. It she worked. disappears. It worked! And she's... <laughs> what does that imply? <laughs> she died younger? I, I I don't know what it implies. Like, oh, I mean, the old lady disappears. Yeah, like, you know, without... Without this, the financially stable man, he, uh, he, he was involved in the, the market crash. Well, I was thinking more, you know, she's not this bitter old hag that's going to jump off a cliff. Uh, I guess... <laughs> I guess if you want to think of it like that. Like, or now she's a rich hag that can jump off a cliff. And a actually, fancier cliff. It's, she's actually just wearing nicer clothes, but she's still miserable. Yeah. So she's like, I... I don't know what the... I don't know if I should shout anymore. Ah, do it. Do you do you? As she shouts at the little boy that was gonna go to Scrooge. <laughs> like, you young lad, what day is it? Yeah. <laughs> or and he he just stays a miser. Like, uh, yeah. He the guy. Yeah, he shouts. She shouts at the little boy, and you know, uh, and the, the boy is not just scared, but he's miserable now. He's angry at the world. Is, is it tr transmissible? Yeah, like... Or you know, has he become, like, the next Scrooge? He's... Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, maybe... Maybe... Uh, get, I'm just spitballing now. Like, maybe since the... The the the, uh, the miser that was from Scrooge is free, like, the first person he talks to after... After letting it loose inherits the miser. They inherit the miserliness. I thought it was just gonna be more of a blah, 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 I hate the world. <laughs> hey lad, what day is it today? Shut up! Bite me, you old, you old, you old dick. Oh. You know what? Tiny Cratchit, get in here. You're working on Christmas. And you know what? You're fired. And you know what? Your son's working on Christmas too. And I broke his other leg. <laughs> you know what? Give me that cane. Ah, <laughs> uh, it goes into kindling. <laughs> Trust me, you'll thank me next year. When you don't ha when you have one less mouth to feed. <laughs> it's dark and scary, but why do we talk about Christmas on our Halloween uh, podcast? I don't know. Maybe we're the tendrils spreading the, the Christmas joy uh, throughout the year. We're the monsters. <laughs> we're the Christmas monsters. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, we've talked a little bit about like actual scary things, and not just, uh, and not just you know uh, the Loch Ness monster <laughs> or the creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, actual scary things like, like non-ending loops. But here, here's the thing: like, what you know, from a monster's point of view, what would that, what sense of dread would they have? Hmm. Like, like someone, someone's polluting the lake in well, Loch Ness. <laughs> like, uh. I guess that's a Captain Planet kind of thing you have to worry about. Yeah. Um... It's cutting down Bigfoot's trees. <laughs> Deforestation is the thing that scares Bigfoot more than anything. <laughs> because if... If Bigfoot ever gets caught on camera, like, he, uh, he ceases to exist. If they yeah. catch a real picture of him, he only exists in that picture now. 
So that that one film where he's kind of, that one shaky camera film from like the the sixties where he's walking into the into the woods, that's where he exists now. Um, I'm gonna say that it wasn't clear enough. So every now and again he phases out and looks blurry. <laughs> every time someone watches the uh, the video, he's yeah. just shaky because millions of people are probably watching that. Every so he's blurry <clears throat> more than he's not. Yeah, like he, he's he's like uh, oh man. That, uh, he's like that girl, that ghost girl from Ant-Man 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So he's constantly phasing in and out of reality. One time, he got his arm stuck through a branch of, or through a, through a log of a tree, or trunk of a tree for four <laughs> hours, and he had to wait for someone to watch the video again, because that phased out and then phased in at the wrong moment. Oh. He was part tree. He, he fell into the ground. <laughs> like he, as soon as he starts feeling it coming, he has, uh, he has like a little, like, checklist of things he has to do in order to uh, not get phased into our existence. Like, he, he, he finds some, uh, like, he finds some trekker and goes boo and scares him away and gets his lanyard <laughs> and, uh, like, make sure he's hanging from a branch. Uh, through with his with the uh, hiker's ropes, yeah. so he doesn't phase in or out of anything. Like, like he has to hold on tightly because he can phase through the ropes. Yeah, it's you know it, it's a force of will that he's yeah. almost forcing all his energy to be at the uh, you know, at the point of his hands. Actually, I think that he's gonna. I think he runs up and you know, he's trying to get in pictures now because he just wants to end this existence. Yeah, and uh, and nobody. Nobody can take a good shot of him. <laughs> uh, but there was one time where he was he was safe and he was you know hanging from a uh, branch and but uh, a hiker was under him and distracted him and he fell on the hiker and became co corporeal again. Oh no! <laughs> now did he fall? Like was he half in the hiker and he just kind of burst out? Uh, no, the hiker, like, he completely engulfed, the hiker is inside him. Oh, okay. And it, I, I'm undecided whether or not it's, like, a, uh, like, it, it's a separate entity, or they, they're both now kind of, they're both kind of Bigfoot. They're merged like, a like, um, Piccolo and, yeah. uh, and Nail in, uh, Dragon Ball. And it's... You know, when he phases out the other guy, like, they can separate now, but the other guy's just, he, he's not the same person he went in. Well, I think that, um, I think that now that he's got somebody else's, like, identity a little bit, he doesn't phase out as much, and it's right. a struggle for the other man who has a very, who still has a fraction of his humanity left. Uh, of trying to find a way, like, he still phases a little bit, but not a lot, so he's always constantly trying to escape, so every now and again, um, so there's, there's just a screaming mouth off the side of Bigfoot's neck. So it's like a combination of, uh, altered states. Yeah. And Robocop. <laughs> yes. Where, where he's facing this duality, mm -hmm. but this duality is also physically trying to rip out of him. Yeah, and, like I said, like, imagine almost like, uh, it, his neck almost looks like it's made of spandex because there's like a face frozen in horror yeah. there, like you know, trying to peek through every now and again. It's and every time he phases out just a little bit, it like changes and shifts its position. Well, I, I would almost say that, uh, like he's stable now. He's he's more stable than he's ever been. Okay, but whenever uh, he phases, that's when the face 
appears and tries to yes. to force his way out of him. Yes, exactly. And uh, again, it's a very slight phase now yeah. than usual, but uh, but there's also still echoes of his previous attempts to break through as human, so there's just like screaming faces almost everywhere on this yeah. guy. And he, he has scars all over him from when like uh, he broke through maybe a foot or an <laughs> arm. And uh, I gotta tell you, that's actually terrifying. Yeah. That actually makes Bigfoot scary now. <laughs> it's because, yeah, he, like, I, I don't know what Bigfoot is, you know, in, in, uh... Grand scheme of things. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, but I imagine it's at least a somewhat, somewhat aware ape. Mm -hmm. And now it's, uh, it's pretty much fully aware and has just these memories that confuse him. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what a Facebook is, but, you know, he has memories of going on it. He doesn't know what- he doesn't know- he can't read words, but he has a lot of memories of words. And books he's read. Yeah. Even though he doesn't really understand what a book is. Like, he has, uh, he has, uh, memories of these, uh, uh like, of, uh, wars with aliens from movies he's seen. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't get it, but it's terrifying to him. He has memories of seeing himself on the YouTube, <laughs> and he doesn't understand. Yeah, like, he, he's confronted with memories so alien to him that it's just terrifying. And part of, part of you wonders whether or not the scream coming from him is the man inside or him. Yeah. And or on, both. And on that terrifying note, Ring. Not bad movie, a little bit slow at parts, but uh, it's more of a film about atmosphere and a looming dread. Uh, so if, if that's something you, you like, uh, definitely give it a try. You can't, re can't really go wrong. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I said it was a little deficient in the scares department. Mm -hmm. uh, the ending had a pretty good scare. Uh, it wasn't, again, terrifying. But it still had a, a moment of actual, like, you know, scares if you're looking for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, like Britton said, the dread and the, the looming threat was actually what what drove it on for me. And I really did enjoy the characters and the investigation of all things. So, I really enjoyed this movie. So, um, I guess that'll do it. Alright. Take it easy now. Uh, toodaloo. That'll hold a little less obese. <laughs>